Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by our friend Christy, who I believe has a little bit of exciting news to share. So Christy, why don't you tell us about that? Sure. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while, but I definitely love talking to you guys. And uh, I do have some exciting news to share. Starting in January, I will officially be co-hosting with Teresa Delgado, the Galactic Fashion Podcast. That's oh, congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's something I, I've been passionate about for several years now since I actually met Teresa at Dragon Con and she got talking to me about her universe stuff. And then, you know, the, that world just exploded with products now. I mean, we've got makeup lines, we've got dresses, we've got socks, we have poured cardigans we can wear to go see The Last Jedi now. <laughs> okay. I don't get the porgs. Oh, God, you'll never, you'll never catch me wearing a porg cardigan. Uh, I, don't get I ordered it. mine today. Uh, I see them all over the stores. I see them they're, everywhere. They're coming for you, Tom. I don't get it. There better be You're a payoff. the porg life? Yeah, they're better. I'm all about the Porg Life. Don, I don't want to know about Porg Life. I've already read too many years of Boys Life when my son was in Scouts. I don't want to see anything no, that, about that Porg Life. That was Brian Johnson's hashtag earlier this week. Yeah. Oh, God. Hashtag Porg Life. Or it was Porg Nation. Oh, uh, or, sorry, no, yeah, you're right. Porg Nation. Sorry, Porg Life was a different person. Oh, well, <laughs> I know. No, this is that's Porg just, Nation. Sorry. Sorry. Another, someone else was tweeting about Porg Life. This is hashtag Porg Nation. Okay. You know, and if I, rem- uh, if I remember for Facebook <laughs> on your profile picture, you could have a frame. And I think on my Facebook frame, I framed my dog, Sabine, with Porgs for uh, like a week. That's cute. Because now you, yeah, but I'm like, oh my God, please. And then I'm like, why did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> but it wasn't my face, All so it didn't matter stuff. to me. So that's my frame right now on Facebook. Me and a poor. Yeah, my... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there better be a payoff. I love the porgs. <laughs> well, but, uh, but no, we're, we're, this is not the podcast. Although, if that doesn't exist, I think it, I think it does exist. I think we're saying it exists. It Copyright exist. the Iron Cannon podcast, uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, it, it exists. It exists. Um, but uh, yeah, but we're not talking about porgs today. Although we are two weeks, two weeks as we're recording this away away from the last Jedi, we will be sitting in the theater watching the last what as we're recording this maybe the last half an hour or so on the uh, on the West Coast. So I'm I'm excited, guys. Can you believe it's almost absolutely. Here? I can't wait to see this movie. It will be a day long remembered. We will have our review up uh, very, very soon, so stay tuned. Um, you know, as, as, as soon as reviews go live, we will we'll, we'll be there. So, uh, so, so we'll have them up as soon as we can. So stay tuned. Uh, but before that, we have a fun book to talk about. Tom, tell us uh, what we're going to be discussing today. Sure. Thank you, William. We're going to be discussing Leia, Princess of Alderaan. This is written by Claudia Gray. She is not unfamiliar to star wars uh readers because she did read uh she did write lost stars but in this one she's writing about princess leia 
She also wrote uh, and, Bloodline, which was the first. Oh, thank you, Bloodline movie. too. That's right. That's right. So she's done a couple books. But for this one, she's writing about a 16-year-old Princess Leia Organa that faces the most challenging task of her life so far, proving herself in the areas of body, mind, and heart to be formally named heir to the throne of Alderaan. When Leia discovers what her parents and their allies are planning behind closed doors, she finds herself facing what seems like an impossible choice. Dedicate herself to the people of Alderaan, including the man she loves, or to the galaxy at large, which is in desperate need of a rebel hero. So what we're seeing here is basically the birth of the Princess Leia we all see, know, and love from episode four and how she gets to be that way. It's not that bad of a book. I actually, I enjoyed this just like the other two that uh, Claudia Gray yeah. wrote. No, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. And, and Christy, I think uh, this, this is actually a, um, a, big, uh, a big deal for you, I guess, right? Uh, isn't it? Yeah, this is the first Star Wars book I've ever read. Really? Really? Yeah, (laughs) surprisingly. (laughs) I I was way behind the curve on that. Literally all of my friends have been reading these books since, you know, the EU and everything. And I just didn't get around to it. I don't know why. I, you know, bad Star Wars fan. Um, no, 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 so, no, not, no, you can't be no, not necessarily. But, but it's great. You're getting, you're starting to get into the books. And so I'm very curious to hear mm-hmm. your take on, on this, uh, given, especially given that it's, it's your first Star Wars book. So, and, and also thank you for coming on with us to discuss this. I, I think the three of us should be honored that the first book that you read, you're coming on to our show to discuss it with us. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to get to talk about it because it's something that I really enjoyed. And I, I understand, I guess, some of the drawbacks that people had to it, just, I guess, being very um, typically YA, I guess, is what I've heard the most, that Mm -hmm. it seemed a little immature, but I do think that no one is saying Claudia is not a great writer. I think we all love Claudia Mm -hmm. Gray. At least I do. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I think that it, that that tone would fit the story of a 16 year old girl. Mm-hmm. Well, it also shows that Claudia is a really good writer because not only if she wrote two YA novels and then she wrote bloodline in the middle mm-hmm. that shows she's got a really good talent and the way that she writes these books, it might be YA, but as people can tell by this podcast, we've been reading these mm-hmm. books from her and enjoying it. So she's capturing to audiences, not just YA. Exactly. Yeah, no, I thought yeah. you really, and none I, of us are YA. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you did. I, I thought you I'm did the really old part. No, I'm not. <laughs> and I thought you did a good job uh, writing it too. I mean, obviously, it's you could tell at times it's skewed a bit younger, but mm-hmm. you know, like the the old Jedi Apprentice books were also, uh, you know, more YA, and those were amazing. I still love that series. Uh, it's a very different type of YA, I would argue. That. That's true. This is a little those more. Were, there's yeah this uh something that's fairly new i'd say is there is uh what i would call i don't want to call it ya but what i would call older style uh i'm gonna call it like young readers style books um and actually like legends of luke skywalker and books like that are actually i'd say like the modern incarnation of that where uh the writing is uh vastly simplified and the story is a little more i'm gonna say cut and dried um and the you know themes are a little bit less mature but overall you know it still works uh, as a novel more modern YA, mm-hmm. which I would include Princes of Leia of Alderaan, is it's uh, more adult themed, just happens to star a younger character. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think that's the best. That's summary true. Right I think there. this is more 
in the the latter camp. Right? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. so it was fun, and we we get to get you know we get a lot more insight into into Leia's life because the the book is set. You know, I think as you said in the synopsis, she's she's you know sixteen years older or on the eve of her sixteenth birthday, and um, we're gonna get to see her go through like the kind of she starts kind of kind of growing up. She's taking more of a role in in, in Alderanian and uh, galactic politics. Is you know is joining the Apprentice Legislature. How old is um, Leia in episode kind of being, four? Eighteen. Uh, nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be pretty soon after this. Because she, okay. she and Luke were both nineteen. Yeah, I think the the biggest issue I had with the book is Leia felt a little bit too young to me for sixteen. Like there were definitely, especially towards the start of the books, there were some moments mm. where she felt mm. a lot farther away from Episode Four than uh, I felt like she should have been at this point in time. On the other hand, I did really appreciate mm-hmm. her the way she developed throughout the book and kind of the maturity she learned uh, gains. I don't know what the right word is that earns develops. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you're talking when you're talking about the maturity of characters, I think the one character in the book that we're going to be seeing in episode eight was Emmeline Holdo. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, my favorite. I thought I, it. I agree, but I think when it comes to the maturity, I think it may have been the way the character was written or how that character is. But I think at the end of this book, she matured, but not not as quick enough as Leia did. There was still that little bit of immaturity in there. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, I know she's going to be a very important character in episode eight. And I know where this is taking place is like way in her past, but I, I'm going to find it interesting how can, can uh, I admit something character is going to be portrayed in eight based on this. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say she's more eccentric, but sorry, Steven. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. That I, I guess I guess that's what I meant. It's the eccentric eccentric part of it because that was played up a lot in the book of how eccentric she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to admit, uh, I was reading the book. I knew obviously that it was part of you know the last Jedi seer, uh, connection, whatever they, that it's called. You know where they we know it's going to connect in the last Jedi. And I, mm-hmm. what did you say, William? Journey to the last Jedi. Yeah, thank you. That's right, journey. Um, and so I was, I'm reading through the novel. and I'm like, I know this connects somehow, but I had I had forgotten the name of uh, Laura Dern's character in, character in Last Jedi. So I was like, I wonder what the connection's going to be. And, you know, I kept, I kept waiting mm-hmm. for it. I was like, maybe, you know, there's, uh, we're going to talk about it later, I'm sure, but there's the uh, the race of people that uh, Leia meets. I'm going to, I'm rapidly scrolling through notes, desperately trying to see if I can pick it out. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I know who you're talking about. It wasn't at the beginning where she took the 100 people no, off the planet. No, uh, the race. Um, that was Wabani. No, it yeah. was, uh, so there's the group of people she... Uh, Chashmi? The kind of ones who don't like Chashmi, talking to outsiders. The blue ones? Does that ring a bell? Uh, not the oh, I'm looking. Right? No, yes, sorry. It was the Chalhudans. Yes, because there, right. there's a yeah. moment where he's, uh, Leia you know, does a favor for the okay, there it is. leader of the Chalhudans. And he's like, I'll remember uh, yes. this. I, like, I owe you one. I'm like, ah, that that's going to be the thing. And then I was like, oh, and never mind. Actually, it just is Amon-Holdo. I mean, maybe it could be more, but it, I'm sure that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and she's she's quite the eccentric character. Uh, you know, she's she's mm-hmm. always got crazy hair colors, as we as we've seen in all of the previews uh, as well. Uh, she's kind of like zoning in and out. She's got some interesting metaphors. 
Um, she's into astrology. Yeah, I, yes. I don't know. She she was almost a little bit too out there, but I've kind of thought that even you can kind of even tell that from the the, the pictures of her character. Uh, uh, you know, in the last Jedi, she's definitely. Uh, I guess, yeah, there's really no other word except for eccentric, and so I'm I'm curious to see mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. Laura Dern portrays her in the film, but it's kind of good. It's, it's fun to be able to see Leia and her start to establish this relationship, uh, especially so young that she and she and Leia have been friends since they were 16. Um, yeah. Uh, and they, it, it they... actually makes me really excited to see what that relationship is like in the last Jedi. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we don't know anything about her. No, we, we don't know we anything just... other than she's the vice admiral and it just, we, I now have this great feeling that's like, oh, you know, we've got, you know, it's not just that we're going to introduce this character and, you know, she'll, you know, we'll get her interesting backstory and be done. But like to actually have context that like, oh, yeah, you know, like she and Leia go way back. And what does that mean? And how does that like shape their interactions? I think is going to be really fascinating to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to end up giving it a real, it, that old friends feel of having a lot of respect for each other, but adoration as well. And, you know, maybe a reminiscing of the old days would be nice. Um, but I really like the, that Leia comes around with Amelin and, you know, at first just thinks, gosh, she's so weird in the book. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Leia comes from this very, structured world uh-huh. where you know everything that you wear to every event is so important and has to be so professional and you know royal looking and then uh, amelin just has no rules yeah i thought this was mm-hmm. well i think what's interesting okay, just since you oh, kind go of ahead. touched on it like i also really appreciated seeing kind of the culture of aldron fleshed out as much as we did um, you know, obviously, like mm-hmm. Leia and the mm-hmm. hair buns yes. and you know the elaborate yes. hairdos is a very distinctive Star Wars thing. But it was really cool to see that tied in more deeply to like, oh, this is like an all-draining culture thing. And you know, you can like, yeah, like you know, ten-year-old Leia is probably going to be really pissed that she's got to sit for twenty hours a day or whatever, you know, getting her hair done all the time um, with her, the you know what is it, two B or whatever the mm-hmm. droid was that was with her all the time. Oh two, yeah, thank you. who's always a- yeah two V yeah putting her in interesting dresses and outfits and stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, it's also when it came to the palace, the thing that I found fascinating is how much they flushed that out and how, how old it is. And they really gave you that sense, uh, especially when the, it was later in the story where her and her, let's say quote unquote boyfriend were sneaking around the palace and they were able to go through all those, those rooms that were there, yeah. the back rooms to listen into conversations. And, you know, also, a little bit of a tiered system. I wouldn't say a big thing within the Alderanian society, but there was kind of a tiered system of, you know, there is the nobility. And then I keep forgetting her boyfriend's name, but it seemed like he wasn't on that same level, but he was uh, a little sorry, bit below Tom, I'm it. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Expendable. I think that was his name. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean red shirt. Oh, sorry, you mean the yes. red shirt. No, Tom, he wore a red shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. He wore the red you're, shirt. Okay. You're um, very close though. Thank, yeah. Um, uh, well, I, uh, God, now I just told us what Terry. No, I. But I agree, Stephen. I, I love, I love how they made you, with fleshing out the planet, gave the destruction of it mm-hmm. more weight. Can I? Yes, and that was something I thought about too. Was you? You'll never watch A New Hope the same now if you've read this book. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of where she leaves you at the end. 
and and not not from a spoiler point of view, but the same thing from the book, a certain point yeah. of view. Although that one actually hit me. It's more. the same. And I agree, William. I totally agree with that one as well. But it kind of starts the backstory of Alderaan in this book, and sadly, from a certain point of view, spoiler alert, it ends that backstory there. Yeah, I did think those two stories dovetailed very nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, just yeah, I will say the ending of this book was by far one of the best like lines of Star Wars I think I've ever read. Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, you thank you for telling me. Thank you for telling me to read that first, and then it, go back and finish the book. Yes, yeah, so oh, I know you agree. didn't. Well, that's what they said. Oh. They said read the because, no, because I, I had, I, I had, I had a block on. I, I had more of a block on certain point of view, and and I'm finally getting to the point where I've gotten past that block. But I, I'm going through Leia. I was, I can't remember what happened, but I think Stephen, you recommended go to the end and read the last sentence. Okay, do, so Tom, you guys, do you want? And we're, I did. we're talking spoilers here. You have to say what is the what is that last sentence? So obviously, I don't have the no, book next to me. William was very nice. To, oh, go ahead, yeah. Stephen. Go so ahead. obviously, as we're we're going through the novel, uh, Leia's expendable boyfriend gets killed, and you know she's here, Damati. <laughs> Come on, okay, thank you. Okay, sure. okay. whatever he has a name. Person. Thank, thank you. Uh, and so Leia. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. He has a name. Crystallizes for Leia her fight against the Empire. Resulting in the dramatic line, my parents, my friends, my world, these are things the Empire can never take away. Until they did. Ouch. Dagger in heart. Uh. It, it was, by like, by far, I think that line made the book worth reading. Like, just for that single <laughs> yeah, moment. It's a great line. Yeah. I was sold. And at the end of the book, the planet became a red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um... No, I, I, you, you're totally right. And I, I just loved how we got, as you were saying, we could see more of, of Alderaan, but we also got to see more of the relationship with her parents, right? Which mm-hmm. um, I thought was really interesting because we, we know they, they love her a lot and they're, they're very, you know, they're, they're great parents, but they're also, you know, they're, they're, they're basically leading this rebellion, right? And, and Leia, I, I, we find out, you know, we never really knew what uh, was she was she involved in the rebellion from like you know as a toddler running around with you know <laughs> mon mothma and x wings and stuff or was she uh bail going uh, you'll shoot your eye out, out. <laughs> 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 or, or, or or very time very timely for that one christy very timely <laughs> and, and so we find out you know they're 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 trying to protect her and so they they keep the secret from her and they're often absent and you know, Bria is constantly throwing all of these very elaborate parties, which it turns out are just a um, a front so that all the leaders of the rebellion can meet together without drawing attention. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, drawing attention until a certain point, yes. which we'll get yes, to that. That's true. The Empire does finally eventually figure out, but um, it's it's little things. You know, like that, or, or or Bale is always, you know, gone on some sort of, you know, off to the senator on some sort of, right, you know, relief mission here or there, and 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 mm-hmm. Leia starts to realize she kind of wants to. Well, one, she gets suspicious, like, what are they hiding? And two, she kind of decides she wants to start helping out too. And we see her trying to be helpful, but in the process, actually caught making things worse in many in many cases because she doesn't mm-hmm. know how her mm-hmm. actions will uh, impact 
other things. And so like she goes on that humanitarian mission to Wabani, which completely backfires. Um, and, you know, she she saved a few people, but she unknowingly sent her parents negotiations back on the planet by, you know, months or years. Um, or, you know, they, she goes to uh, eventually tries to, to travel to Crate, which is the, another Last Jedi tie in. Uh, and and finds you know a, a rebel base there, Interesting. and that's when she starts to mm-hmm. uncover like why is my father at this rebel I, base? And uh, mm-hmm. so I just really like how they started to like peel back that onion. Well, and and even well, too the with one... what you're saying, William. Um, also, in addition to affecting the negotiations and things of that nature, then from crate her father having to tell her, look, you can't just get involved however whenever you want because we may be making a bomb strike mm-hmm. and i could accidentally kill my own daughter yeah mm-hmm. it's like whoa you know yeah. <laughs> like, this is more serious than mom's gonna be mad at me <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And, and there was that one line too where uh, or um not really a line but you know bail organa says you know he doesn't want to put her at risk by involving her but if you think about it eventually it was she who kind of in some ways caused the death of her parents and her planet like her getting involved you know, mm-hmm. because she eventually gets captured and obviously it's not her fault um but i don't know yeah it's just uh of course she's gonna you know accidentally stumble into things and potentially make things worse so she doesn't know what's going on and actually speaking of so I, the whole speaking dynamic of, well, uh, you... bombings can we talk about uh her humanitarian mission when she goes to uh the moon of naboo and meets with Moth Panaka. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. exactly where I was. My, going. One of my favorite parts. That is that is yeah, exactly so where I was going. She goes on this, with it. this you know, yeah. mercy mission. She meets with the queen yeah. of uh, Naboo, um, and Panaka, who of course was once Padme's bodyguard, sees her and is like, "Oh, this there's a resemblance here. That's it's uncanny." And before anything can happen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, uh, I am blanking on his name. Uh, Saw Gerrera well, orchestrates an attack and well, it you know, was the Moth is killed. And yeah, I, Sa- I just right, love Sa- the scene where Bale is questioning right. Leia, like how much, like how long between like when you talk to the Moth and he went inside and the bomb went off. And Leia's like, I don't know, it could have been 10 seconds. Like, would he have a time to make a call? This yeah. is really important. And of course, Leia has no idea why, but as the readers, we do. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah the, the whole scene was am- amazing because like you know he starts because we know who panaka is right and, and his relationship to, to to padme leia's mother wait wait um, but leia, leia doesn't and so what, she's sitting there this? and they're just having sorry continue yeah you gotta remember yeah, sorry, spoiler, spoiler alert. um and so yeah as he's asking these 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 you know questions trying to confirm because he's like i swear you, you look just like Padme but he's not saying it we're just like oh no mm-hmm. he's getting closer he's getting closer and like that that tension is is so great um you know he's asking like do you know you know were you adopted do you know about do you know who your mother is have you ever wanted to meet your birth parents and he keeps like prying into this and you know how dangerous it is for him to know this information even though you know he's still even if he was still loyal to you know to Padme He's an Imperial Moth yeah. now, which I also loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love yeah. the whole the concept that he's a Moth, which did come from the um, the Essential Guide to Warfare, uh, 
uh, a cut version of that from Star Wars on StarWars.com. But I love they brought that back into the canon as well. Mm-hmm. And when he says, you know, oh, I'll speak to pa- Palpatine about how the Organas have adopted a daughter of such distinction. It's like, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing I found fascinating about that, that I think if I remember the conversation it was Bale thought that that was the one moth that they could possibly have gone to at a certain point mm-hmm. to get on their yeah. side, if I yeah, remember right, correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it really, to a certain extent, in a way, it was unfortunate Saw did what he did by way of blowing it up. But after this meeting, it's almost the justification he had to go. Because if he did go to Palpatine or to mm-hmm. Vader, Bad things would have then... Happened. Sure. The Organas would have been in more trouble a lot sooner in this book, and the same thing with Leia. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. really quick, definitely, well, possibly the whole rebellion. Oh yeah, it, it was yeah. Just disastrous, and and all the the little lines that Claudia Gray sneaks in there, like or, or little moments like how Leia's wondering like mm-hmm. what it must have been like to be the queen of Naboo, not knowing that her own mother was the queen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or or even the fact that. Um, uh, uh, Ma, Moff Panaka uh, mentions that he met Bale during the Clone Wars. While we never actually saw Panaka in the Clone Wars television series, he was originally going to appear in Destroy Malevolence, the season one episode. Uh, but it ended up, and he would have been captured alongside Padme and then brutally murdered. But it was, ended up being too expensive to build the character model for the for the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they're still like tying mm-hmm. in the the, the bits oh. and pieces, which is I thought was really great. Um. And the fact that I, I'm pretty sure this was already in Legends, but his name is Korsh Panaka, which of course is a reference to Hugh Korshi, the actor who played him. Oh, interesting! I didn't know that. Didn't know that either. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I, I that love was stuff like that. That was one of my favorite moments for sure. Um, yeah, one of the other little touches I really liked is uh, part of the novel also resolve, revolves around Leia joining the kind of apprentice legislature, um, which is. A little more impressive than it sounds, given that it like actually meets in the Galactic Senate on Coruscant and things like that. Um, but I loved, you know, mm-hmm. part of the story is revolving around. They're supposed to pick the site for a new military base, but they don't know, really know where. Um, and yes. it eventually comes out that like the four planets of the Empire asked them to kind of deliberate on um, ended up being an excuse for the Empire to find out that this one planet that they suspected had uh, Dunium, which is, of course, that mm-hmm. metal that all the recent Star Wars books have or pre-Episode 4 or Rogue One books talk about. Uh, like, that was their excuse to go and do it. And Leia's obviously, like, horribly, feels horrible that she accidentally helped the Empire do its job. But I love, you know, just watching Palpatine continue to mm-hmm. do his thing where he's still getting what he wants without anyone really realizing it until it's too late. It's always really cool to, really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that, Stephen, because it, it is that feeling that you as a reader feel for Leia that she's been so used and that she feels like what's even the purpose of the apprentice legislature other than being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just fascinating. It just shows you the reach of Palpatine, how in a way, an innocent thing just to, hey, you guys go deliberate this can be used against you know what they're supposed to be learning well let's just they're learning let's use that information and go do this mm-hmm. so and that they think that this whole experience is like you know going to school or to college or you yes. know growing and becoming a, a 
involved citizen in your society. And yet it's all just a farce to accomplish mm-hmm. imperial goals. Yeah. And then at the same time in the apprentice legislature, you do get to see the two sides. You do get to see the side where it's like, you know, very heavily on the imperial side that let's not, oh God, I'm trying to remember the one example of they should be punished because they went against imperial law. And then I think that was something to where didn't, um, <clears throat> Amelin jumped in on something, on something with the apprentice legislature. Or something they were going back and forth. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm blanking on it too, though. I'm trying. Mm. Yeah, I'm blanking on it. I'm like literally frantically going through the, the, the show notes. Hutta? But um, I well, yeah, I think helping, it is yeah. because it, I, they they blend together. There were so many humanitarian missions. Oh, it it was. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. It was a patrol, and it was a Tie Fighter squadron that needed fuel, and the planet refused to give them fuel, and the reason why is because they didn't have enough to do it. But there was the other side of the apprentice legislature was like, you know what? They were imperials. They should have done it. But Amelin popped up and found some kind of law that stated if you were so low on fuel, in a way, she argued in the defense of the planet because they were so low on fuel and they were desperate, they had the right to refuse it mm-hmm. and they shouldn't be punished. Right. And and that that to me, I think when you saw Amelin do something like that, then you're like, and wasn't that, I think, a, a turning point for Leia as well to look at her saying she may be flighty, but, but maybe I can she trust does her. have a head on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a head on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's the bare bones of that argument right there. Yeah. Well, but I do remember and, that. And I will say, too, another moment I liked with Amelin was um, the, the part where Claudia has Amelin and Leia hanging out together, and it sounds like they're playing on those aerial silk trapeze things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amelin's teaching that. Leia how to do it. Um, oh, but yeah. they're having it, you know, like serious conversations about each other's background and, you know, really kind of getting to know and trust each other and build to Leia eventually confiding in her about things with the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and was, learning that she's and, do, not just a strange person; she does have a good head on mm-hmm. her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I found interesting was the way that Emmeline, Emmeline handled it. It's almost like she handled the knowledge, but but it was as I was reading, it was like the flighty way she handled it, or something. It wasn't like it was like, oh, this is really cool. When she snuck onto the ship, mm-hmm. it was like it was, you know what? Let's do it because it's an adventure. You know, but she did it because she understood. But, you know, I'm trying to remember the other part. Oh, I'm trying to remember that part to where it was like, should we go or shouldn't we go? And all of a sudden, Leia turns around and Amlin's already inside the shuttle. And Leia's just like, well, got to go. Because it was the one senator who was part of the rebellion that was kind of playing both sides. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. She and Amlin see Winnie Lens talking with an Imperial director who is unnamed but yes, you think that was Krennic? That's a great I don't know. question. I was wondering that, but I, I that would be cool if, if it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, you're right. They they hop. They end up hopping. They're on Pamarth at this point, which is the planet we last saw in Bloodline, and uh, they they hop on the. They decide to you know leave the the rest of their group and hop on a ship headed to Akahant. Um, to, to kind of follow Winnie. Uh, and that's when she ends up telling Amelin all about 
you know, the rebellion, which is surprising and 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 very dangerous as well. Yeah. Um, especially when they were store, especially when they were stowaways. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Um, yeah. And it turns out like Mon Mothma was in charge of Akahant and uh, was not happy to see them at all, at all. Uh, but the, at least they're able to kind of avoid with me uh, at that, you know, from, from then on and, and kind of misdirect him, um, which, which, which helped a lot. Uh, but th- this whole thing was, was actually part of uh, the other big subplots. You know, we've got you know, Leia's search for the rebellion and, and, and kind of joining. We've got um, the, uh, the, the Senate, the, sorry, the apprentice legislator, but there was also Leia joins the outdoor survival group because when she begins um, at the, at the very beginning uh, of the book, she basically is, there's like this coming of age ceremony where she has to commit to um, three things, right? Uh, There's, there's three trials. Mm -hmm. There's the, the trial of, um, of the, the mind, right? And then there's the, I'm trying to actually find the, uh, the exact reference again. Well, um, yeah, it's the mind, uh, the mind the of the body. Yeah, exactly. And so the heart is about the uh, the relief missions. The body is all about her um, outdoor survival group so she can train to climb this mountain. And then... Um, uh, Isn't it the mountain that's on Tarkin's home planet? No, I think, although they no, did I think go it was the mountain to Ariadu. Oh. Or was it Palpatine's planet? No, I thought I thought it was no, just a mountain. They, they, they oh, go to a bunch of on Alderaan. This is just the mountain outside. Yeah. Yeah. They. W- okay. Right, because it's the same one that Bria climbed, uh, and we we uh-huh. found out, which was fascinating to me. That we something we didn't know about Bria. Uh, she has a, a, a mechanized heart and lungs that cause like her chest to glow a little bit um, because she almost died during the, her challenge of the body, and she had to basically replace her her heart and lungs. Um, and that's why she also decided to adopt uh, Leia instead of having a uh, having a child of her own. Um, really, really interesting stuff um, uh, about about Bria's history. And I think even Bria tells Leia that she chose not to have her uh, pulmonodes updated so that they wouldn't glow or be seen anymore because she liked that reminder that it saved her life. Yes. Yes. I thought that was so sweet and a really nice, a lot of good mother daughter moments in this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. A lot of good family moments within this book, especially when they were discussing, you know, it's, it's the back and forth of the mother and father. Do we really want to, protect leia but there's not much we can do about it because she's finding this stuff on her own and then it's like the the interaction between the three of them either as the family or between her and bale or her and uh bria i mean it it was really really well written Mm -hmm. it was i also really appreciated the uh naivety of uh bale and breha thinking that Oh, you know, maybe yeah. if the Empire discovers that we're rebelling, they'll leave the rest of our family alone. <laughs> oh, so sad. That's a nice thought. Which yes. Empire were you yeah. were you thinking that was going to happen on? Because uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Have you met Tarkin or Vader or Palpatine? Because uh, they're not, not. going to care. They're just going to blow up your entire planet. <laughs> Vicious killers. Yep. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. And and speaking speaking of Tarkin, since we've been jumping all over the place, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the parties that um, oh, I love this part. Bale, but yeah, this this one this was great. So so they're having a Bale Bale and Bray are having a party with their you know re- rebellious leaders, and all of a sudden, who comes walking through the door of this party? None other than Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Now, what I what I found fascinating about this was how Bale and Brea were able to oh how 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 can I, basically put on a show for Tarkin and make it look like they were having marital marital problems. I have a hard time with that word. <laughs> And, and all of a sudden it's like, I think Leia picked up on it and got into like this crying fit to kind of totally throw Tarkin at that point off a scent. Mm -hmm. I thought that was was really cool. It was a great scene. Well, because, uh, because, because Brea, Brea acted drunk and almost like a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, because, because they, they they had to throw him off the set and because they didn't want Tarkin to think that they were all friends. And so. Bale starts like, yes. you and Mon Mothma spend way too much time together, you know, starts being suspicious <laughs> of them and acting like she's really drunk. And then Leia starts like bawling because she's seeing her parents, quote unquote, fight in front of her. And this is the first time she's been invited to this, you know, banquet with all these other senators. Uh, and it just made for this really awkward uh, situation. Um, and yet so fantastic. I don't know. I, that, I also really liked that. that- Tarkin didn't buy it at all. <laughs> no, he didn't. Like Tarkin, well, I... and I, I love especially after the sequence. Uh, many times when Tarkin starts talking with Leia, and Tarkin knows that she knows that he knows that the, he doesn't believe anything that that she's saying, but he hasn't doesn't just have enough evidence yet, and there isn't quite enough of a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Senate still exists at this point. Like he's just like you know, just a little bit more. I I need a little more rope before I can hang you all. But but the funny thing is he does get that rope later because he does call or she ends up in Tarkin's office mm-hmm. and he does talk to her and he lets it slip that there were three planets. There's some, there was three planets or something that he was looking into for something or other. And it ended up that one of those planets happened to be a planet where the rebellion had Talk a base major, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And wasn't that Palpatine himself? Didn't he call and lay it into his office? Or was it Tarkin? No, I thought it was Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah, it was Tarkin. Yeah, because Tarkin. Yeah. Yeah, because, and there's a line where Tarkin's like, yes, you know, we're looking at planet A or planet B or planet C. And then he just like stares at her like, yes. And what is your response? I loved Leia's. (laughs) He was looking for a flinch. Leia's internal monologue there was fantastic, where she's like, he knows. Oh God, mm. how, how do my eyebrows work? I need to make sure they look perfect because he knows. And if I'm not yes. like, absolutely on point in every way, they're all yeah. dead. But she's so good at keeping it cool under pressure. Every interaction she has with him and he just can't get anywhere with her and it's driving him crazy and it's driving her crazy to deal with him. But you love that tension. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And And that just shows the Claudia Gray can write even at this level for a young for a young reader can write very good 
you know, v- very good for the characters that are involved because she did nail Tarkin for this. Yes. Chilling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it's almost as if it's like, well, actually she nailed all the characters, but she nailed Tarkin specifically, which Tarkin to me would be a very hard character to write for to make it convincing. It's, he was, you could write him, but it has to be convincing. He wasn't, he, he knew what was going on, but he didn't at the same time. So he couldn't do anything, but he was, you could still tell how smart he was. Yeah. I have to say, one of the things I really appreciate about the new canon is how much, just how much Tarkin we've actually gotten. Because he was not a well-written-about or developed, I'd say, character in the old expanded universe. Because, you know, obviously, Tarkin is introduced in the original movie and then is also dead in the original movie. And we got occasional mentions, but especially because we never saw a lot of Mm -hmm. pre-Episode 4 stuff, uh, we didn't get to see him a lot. And I, watching him kind of play out across Rogue One and the Tarkin novel and now, you know, Leia, Princes of Aldrawn has been fascinating. Well, don't you think a lot of that has to do with the story group to make sure that when it comes to, let's say, specific characters, that they're making sure that they're done proper? And with this character, since he is across so many novels at this point, they're trying to make it consistent across the board because he is, for a short amount of time on the screen, a very fascinating character. Well, it's just that we've got opportunity now that we get to actually play in this time period, which, you know, up until recently was really just completely off limits. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's great. I'm, I've been really enjoying it. <clears throat> I just, I loved a lot of what they did with this book. Christy, I know we've kind of, we've kind of danced around it a bit, but what did you think of uh, Kier Damati uh, and, and his relationship with, with Leia? Sure. Honestly, I loved him. It was a little weird because obviously knowing later that she's going to end up with Han, Mm -hmm. um, you're going, wait, wait, who's this guy? Um, (laughs) But when they, I like that they introduce him at first, her thinking that he doesn't like her and that he's making snide remarks about her and things like that to get on her nerves. And then she realizes that's not at all what he's doing. He really honestly is just being a fellow Alderan citizen that wants her to be the best she can be. And so he's kind of giving her a hard time just to get her to try harder. And at the same time, he also shows her that she can have fun and not always be all about business either. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's why I liked him so much personally. Um, but I'm, I'm interested I... to hear if you guys liked him. Sounds like you didn't. No, I I, I'd actually say I, I really appreciate it. No, I, I liked Mr. Expendable Red Shirt. Um, but not, the, <laughs> well, I'll, but I, put, I'll put it. So I'd actually, the what I'd expand on, though, is that one of the things I think they did really, really well is, uh, you know, they set up a kind of, as they're developing this relationship, we kind of naturally assume that Leia and Kier are going to, like, be the ones who are most interested in, you know, the what her parents are up to and things like that. And it ends up being uh, Amlin mm-hmm. because... Kira ends up not really not being in favor of the rebellion. He is one of those people, which was like, yeah, like he's one of those which people very in like a completely understandable way. Who's like the empire is evil, but we can't do anything that will threaten Alderaan or our people. And if you're doing that, like that's, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously like mm-hmm. a very different approach than mm-hmm. we're used to seeing out of char- like characters in star Wars. Cause that's just, it's not, I don't want to call it selfish cause it's not selfish, mm-hmm. but it's, 
uh, representative of like why the Empire stays in power is because no one wants their planet to be Alderaan. And like, and ultimately Alderaan pays a price for being part of that rebellion. Like their planet gets destroyed and everyone else gets to kind of continue on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I no, I I like I I, 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 I was gonna say I, as you can tell, since I could not remember his name, he was an okay character, you know. He was there. He was there basically to have, I, I guess Leia to to bounce off of every once in a while to have somebody she could talk to that she could, when it came to the rebellion, somebody that she knew at that point she could trust with information about the rebellion that would keep it secret, not knowing that. You know, when he did at the end follow her to the final destination and made it look like it was like, are you here? You know, he stumbled upon it and he was recording everything to where it was like he was putting Alderaan mm-hmm. first and foremost, you know, was his big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I um, I think at a certain point for me, it was probably again to see how they're going to develop Amelin. Amelin ended up being the stronger character between the two because I remembered her yeah. quicker than the other guy. Well, it was a nice twist um, how they, they swapped the, the two, basically. It it really was because you did expect him to be there along the way well, every because, step. Yeah, but to have Amelin pop in you know, at that certain point to be there toward the end Here. and be the one that actually <laughs> was more for the rebellion than, I'll say it, Mr. Redshaw, because I forgot his name again. Here, yeah. Um, you care. Um, yeah, yeah well, so, because it was like, you know, yeah. she's the one who she tells Kier Damati about the rebellion first when like, like that's a horribly dangerous, like insanely dangerous thing to do. Right. Um, right. Well, they, they, like I mentioned earlier, they were sneaking exactly. around the palace and they even overheard the conversations going exactly. on. Exactly. She, she decided to show them the secret passages. And I did, I did enjoy the fact that Bria yeah. invited Kier over to the banquet. Um, to you know, yeah. to the to, to, to kind of join Leia, I think she was. Hey, nudge, exactly. nudge, wink, wink. Hey, she, let's set you up. <laughs> she even says, like, you know, I think later, I suppose a tiny bit of me hope my daughter's first romance wouldn't be so suitable. Sometimes it does a girl good to fall for a bit of a scoundrel. <laughs> That's a little. I saw little that. On the nose, I saw that. Bit, but... on that. Too, too yeah. on the nose. Oh, I that. thought that was a cute little callback. But um, you know, but 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 but, yes. but, see, but wait a minute. Before you continue. That, that in some cases, that's the one thing that kind of made the book where the little callbacks yeah. or call forwards that made the book, that made it really accessible, that showed really good writing Or, or 2V saying, I think two side buns tonight. Don't you agree, your highness? Whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so anyway, so she 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 kind of lets Kier in on the secret right away. They start to develop this relationship. You know, they're, they're helping each other out of danger. Um, and, and then all of a sudden he kind of disappears for a little bit cause he, and, and, um, Amelin becomes the one who actually goes with Leia who, you know, and kind of runs away to go try to rescue, uh, Agahant. And, uh, you know, we don't, when we see Kier again at, at the end of the book, he's, he's trying to save Leia. He's arriving, you know, uh, in the, in the system to save Leia, but he's collecting data on the rebels to save Alderaan. And he decides I would rather turn in the rebels and save my planet than take down the empire, even though he hates the empire. Um, and that's why it's kind of tragic that, you know, he, he gets too close to the station and, you know, after the self-destruction sequence has been activated and 
you know, ends up dying. He, he you know, he, he lives just long enough to come onto the station and, and basically uh, die in Leia's arms. Um, mm-hmm. And then he had to destroy, then Leia had to destroy everything he had, you know, all the data he had collected, uh, which is, you know, definitely kind of tragic. Very sad. But although it's tragic, you feel like it had to happen oh, yeah. because otherwise he's going to betray oh, her. Totally. Well, no, I would say yeah. he's going to betray the rebellion in the hopes of saving her, which would right. In the he process thinks he's doing her. the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And then, and then to have Leia's parents go to his parents and come up with the story of how oh, he I died about that instead of the yeah. actual truth. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was. Oh God, I can't. I can't remember how they they portrayed it. It wasn't the. Yeah, we put a red shirt on him, sent him down to the planet, and he didn't make it. Um, it was some kind of, it was, it was some kind of space accident, but it had nothing to do with him actually finding that, that rebel base. Was it a space fender bender, Tom? <laughs> it was probably, yeah, he got, re- you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's like the old Pintos of the seventies when you rear ended it and never made it. It was red. The kid was in it, rear ended, done. <laughs> I've got to stop. I really have to stop. Got okay, a little, Tom. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, it was it was a nice twist, continue and, and and how it kind of set up Amalyn as the 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 big character for for the Last Jedi. So, mm-hmm. um, like any any other thoughts on the on the book? I mean, we kind of talked. I think we've touched on a lot of it. Uh, I mean, I guess it ends with Leia and well, the quote we talked about, but also Leia being crowned the future queen of Alderaan and having completed her. Her, you know, having climbed a Penza Peak and completed her day of de- declaration challenge for uh, her mother. For all the good that queenship will do her. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, like, eh, it, it, it's kind of fun to see a little more behind the scenes of how Alderaan works because for all that we call, you know, we always call Leia Princess Leia. But I don't know about you. I've never really thought of Leia as a princess. Oh, also, as a side note, no. Once- Breha dies, shouldn't she become the queen of Alderaan? Or does just like the title stop because you know, the planet's gone? Uh, I think or it could be that you're required to have a spouse in order to be queen. True. Or a ceremony. They just couldn't have the crowning ceremony for to be to be the, the official queen because there well, was the crown, oh, right, yeah, and the crown no was also probably missing, so. <laughs> well th- there, no, there's like no Alderaan, there's no crown. There's no crown, there's no throne. There's no throne. There's no scepter. Wasn't yeah, there's no forever a princess. I, f- I felt like this was addressed in yeah. Bloodline, though. Wasn't it where... Oh, you're right. She, a, doesn't she turn it down? Remember. There was a bunch of the Alderanian survivors, and they kept trying to call her queen, and she's like, no. Or that absolutely like, rings no, a bell. I, I think you're right, William. Anymore. Oh. Well, I haven't read it yet. It's been so yeah. long. I can't, try, it's, it, I can't place it exactly, but I feel like that's something that happened. Anyway. You might be right, but it's been right, so long right. since yeah. I've read the book. <laughs> but I like that you mentioned that, William, because it really, it, this book does give you so many answers to, I feel like, questions we always wanted to know about how she became Princess Leia and wasn't just, you know, Bail and Brea's daughter and it, how she matured into the person that she needed to be. Um, and then to just all of the, things about being royal on Alderaan that we didn't know about. I think that they really, Claudia makes you care about this world so much more after this book 
and really, like you said, um, Tom, feel that weight of losing the planet in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. There's just yeah. so much this all tied together for me, and that's why Absolutely, I loved it yeah. so much. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think we probably get into our final ratings then. Uh, Tom? I agree with want, that. Do you want to take a first stab? Um, you know what? I will take a shot at it. I am going to give this one back and forth. Eight, five, nine, eight, five. Nine. I'm going to give it a nine. I really did enjoy this book just because of, you know, like I said at the beginning of the book, it really gave you a weight and the loss of Alderaan from the Star Wars universe. It actually gave that planet a backstory other than no, you can't do it. You can't, we have no weapons. We're a peaceful planet, that type of stuff. It gave you the history in basically a book and it wraps up spoiler alert Mm -hmm. in a certain point of view. So, and Claudia Gray did an outstanding job writing this book because I, again, like I mentioned earlier, I love how she tied in the little things like, you know, the two buns on the side of the head. Yep. We One thing we did gloss over, this I think is the first point where she meets R2-D2 yes. for the first C-3PO, time. we got C-3PO in here as well. It yeah. was great. We got all the main characters. We, you're forgetting yeah. Antilles. So, so well. this, this book. His first name, which is not a good yes. sign. But. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you, the, the nice thing about this is it did a great tie-in to episode four and and other things. So I'm I'm giving it a nine. I am taking my Womp Rats. And um, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. It's always hard to figure out what to do with them. We, we have done so much damage to these Womp Rats <laughs> over the nine years we've done this podcast. It's hard to come up with something new every time. And with the amount of books, comics, podcast, uh, episodes of Star Rebels and Clone Wars, we've God, it's so hard to still come up with something to do with them. Part of me wants to put them in the palace when one of those that parties is going on. They're having their own little party mm-hmm. off into a corner. Wumper entertainers? Are they juggling? Are they yeah. other wumpers? Yeah, you know, thank you. Do what? Thank you. No, 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 no. I got, no, I got, no, I got a better idea. I got a better idea. Those nine womp rats, they were actually on the platform when Tarkin landed on the planet. Those nine womp uh-huh. rats tried to stop That's Tarkin from crashing the party. They didn't make it. <laughs> they were squashed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were done. They they were they they were out there wearing their red shirts and any kind of Alderanian uh stun weapons and it didn't work. Now I'm picturing Womp Rats in so. their red shirts. This <laughs> 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 sounds really cute. <laughs> Okay, that's All what I, I, I was going to say. Well, porgs. we could try that with porks. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyway, I'm done. Um, uh, Christy, would you like to go next? Sure. So okay. uh, not to copy you, but I, I gave it nine as well uh, because there was a, a little bit of a drawback for me uh, to give it a perfect score. Um, I do feel like that, although I liked Kier, as a character overall, I felt like he didn't get a lot to do and that their relationship a lot of times felt more like your classic teenage romance that really wasn't necessary for the rest of the stuff going on in the story. So that drew back a little bit for me. Um, And uh, I will say sort of the feeling that she lost her virginity to him. Um, Don't know if anybody else caught that, but I felt like that's kind of what she was alluding to. 
Um, and then it, overall, though, it really impressed me. And especially it being my first Star Wars book ever to read, I think it ended up being a great place to come in. And now I'm moving on to read Lost Stars, by the way. Ooh, it's a great choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good book. Um, Good book. So it, I think that this really, like I said, it answered all the questions that I wanted to know about Leia prior to a new hope and then i loved all the tie-ins that we get for episode eight and emmeline holdo is now one of my favorite characters that i cannot wait to see laura dern portray on screen so um i gave it nine womp rats and i am thinking oh gosh i know what you mean it's it is hard to figure out something to do with them (laughs) yeah it's so hard I mean, you would think with the experience we've had after these nine years, it would be so easy. Yeah. But it's and so now hard. I feel like I need to come up with something that's never been said before. No, mm. you can do whatever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can do whatever. I mean, okay. in, in some cases, you don't have to do really anything. I think there's some cases we've actually let them live. <laughs> I um, want them. Most of I the time. I, I, because I okay. think that this there sounds like so much fun. I want my nine womp rats playing on Amelin's trapezes. <laughs> there you go. Really fun. Uh, nice. There you go. <laughs> uh, and I'm out. Okay. Um, William, yeah, why don't you so go I, next? I, I, you know, well, I'm going to make it three for three for so, or so far, and I'm going to give it nine as well. Um, again, you know, I, it was a fun book, right? I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it was fun seeing Leia growing up and, and, and getting uh, to kind of getting involved in the rebellion and how, you know, at one point, at one point, point she, she even says like, Oh, if I want to join the rebellion, I got to convince Mon Mothma. I don't want to convince my dad. I got to go to go around him and convince Mon Mothma. <laughs> um, it was just great overall. And I, and so many great scenes with Tarkin at the, at the dinner table or with, um, uh, you know, uh, Moth Panaka and the return of Panaka and everything. For some reason, I've always really liked Panaka. I don't know why he's like a random character, but I've always like liked Panaka. Because he has such a cool name. That's what probably. it is. That's probably it. Um, <laughs> and he's got the eye patch, right? He does. Um, yeah. So it's the yeah, name and it's the eye patch. Space pirate. <laughs> sort of. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, overall, I'm going to give it nine uh, out of 10. It was just fun to see, you know, more of what. Alderaan was like and, and who Leia was and kind of fleshing out like I said we never think of her as being a princess now we get to see a little bit more about her life before we see her in, in, in A New Hope so uh, yeah I'm gonna give it nine um, nine uh, out of ten Womp Rats and my Womp Rats are uh, they're gonna be um, working for Panaka I think and uh, he, he slips them a little note like a carrier pigeon but a carrier uh, Womp Rat and they start to run um to set off to, to Palpatine to send him a, a, a message. To give him the oh, message. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they can't fly a ship until they couldn't go off the planet, and they eventually died of old age on Naboo. So. <laughs> that was good. Well, that's horrible. Wow. Thank you. I thought Saw Guerrero was going to do something to them because he found them. You, Womp Rats! I mean, he Sorry. tried to take pot shots at them, but they, they narrowly avoided them. Okay. Right. I think that leaves just me, right? Yep. 
Okay, so I think I'm gonna have to go slightly lower. Uh, overall, I also really enjoyed the book. Um, I think I'm gonna give it an eight and a half out of 10. I think just the biggest thing I had trouble with was Leia felt like she should have been a couple of years younger, especially at the beginning of the novel. Um, it felt like she went through a lot of change and mature and maturation, if that's the right word, very quickly. And mm -hmm. I just wish she was a little bit younger so that it felt like it was a little bit more earned, I guess. Um, but overall, I still really enjoyed the novel. Um, and, you know, Claudia Gray, I think, has consistently delivered some of my favorite books in the new canon for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all that being said, I, I'm going to be very nice to my Womp Rats. I'm going to give them the best housing you have ever seen on Alderaan, where they will live happily ever after. Until. For a little time. <laughs> Until. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have any inside information. I can't tell you if something's going to happen. Uh, but there you go. You, you know what? Just like the end of the book, it was a happy ending with a very positive outlook for the future. Yeah. Well, I think with that, we're... Uh next the next episode we're, we're, we're planning on reviewing um lots lots to review battlefront 2 legends of luke skywalker from a certain point of view but uh we'll see how we'll see if we get to any of those before uh before the last jedi because we are two weeks away uh so so stay tuned mm -hmm. we will be reviewing uh the last jedi very soon it'll be up as soon as we can and uh cannot wait to discuss it with you guys it's gonna be amazing i, I can't wait um if you guys have any theories let us know but uh until then uh christy we'd like to thank you for joining us uh again and for, thank you very for sharing much. this you know your first star wars book with us this was a lot of fun you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed getting to give our, our womp rat analysis and <laughs> everything we were going to do with them. And Exactly. I, I think yeah. it's always fun talking to you guys. Of course. Of course. Do you want to tell uh, uh, everyone where they can, they can listen to you? I know we mentioned it briefly at the top of the show, but uh, uh, where, uh, where, how can people find you online? What podcast do you do? Or if they want to, if they want to, stay tuned to you know follow what, what you're doing sure so uh, i'll be starting in january uh co-hosting galactic fashion like we said at the beginning of the podcast and you can find that on um, twitter at galactic fashion and instagram galactic fashion pod and it's on the jedi news network and then i also am regularly on the 602 club reviewing bond films in order with matt rushing and john champion and then I am personally on Twitter and Instagram at speaking of Leia, by the way, my handle is Bespin Bell. <laughs> oh, like pretty Thank cool. Thank you. I like it. It's my favorite of Leia's outfits. Yeah. It's a good one. Well, well I mean, and you would, you I, guess, would know I guess Hoth our... is always my favorite, but Bespin is. Second. And you would know as our galactic fashion expert. So <laughs> yes, all the fashion. Yeah. Good one. So good one. Uh, yeah. So we'll be back soon with our wow uh, uh, unless something happens we're able to sneak something in the next episode will be our spoiler free review of the last jedi crazy cannot we'll talk wait. to you guys soon cannot wait thank you for listening to the ion cannon podcast your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far far away including rebels the sequel trilogy spin-off films and more if you like what you hear please rate us in your favorite podcast client your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. 
You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.